Welcome back, everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin. Lexi's hanging out this week. Hey, guys. And uh, it is, it's Thursday, February 24th. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today. Um, <clears throat> if you've been following the news, you know that there's been this, like, building situation, right, with uh, the Ukraine and Russia. Um, and today, it kind of turned that corner, right? Um, again, if you've been following the news at all, it, it's really really hard to not see stuff about this it remi- actually reminds me a lot of um my childhood like first second grade years when the, everything was going on in kosovo right um seeing it on every <clears throat> news channel it's fox news cnn whatever that's all you, that's all you saw so it, it's it's really reminiscent of that it's actually it's really uh sad you know there's so many just awful things happening in that part of the world right now and we're gonna my original plan was not to talk about this. My original plan was to talk about um, training, uh, specifically training as a civilian and why it's important. It's something that obviously is uh, something that we do a lot here. We talk about a lot here. If you follow our social media content, it's something that we're, you know, we're really about. However, I think that this topic is, A, worth spending the time on, but B, it pairs with everything that's going on and what we're seeing uh, by the Ukrainian citizens um, and, and 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 their situation, right? Before we, before I get really, you know, before I get, get started, get going on all this, because I have a lot of thoughts on it. I know you've been reading stuff all afternoon. Yep, absolutely. Uh, on, on what's been going on. We just actually spent like the last hour and a half, uh, you know, eating dinner and uh, watching the news and and checking up stuff on our phones and <clears throat> just seeing the the newest developments. And right now it's about would you say like two a.m. over there? Yep. Yeah. So things are a little bit slow, sort of right now. Although I mean, war doesn't really stop, so that's not a really good point. But it's it, it's less active, you would think anyway. Um, <clears throat> before we get into it, just want to say thank you to all of our sponsors quickly here. Um, SlimFitHolsters.com. Guys, if you if you carry a firearm every day, you need to make sure that you have a quality holster. It secures the firearm, it keeps the trigger safe, which in turn keeps you and everyone around you safe and accountable for every round in the gun, right? Check out slimfitholsters.com. Use our code PREPARED10. It's going to save 10% off your order and hook you up with free shipping. Whatever you need in the waistband, outside the waistband. Maybe you're just looking for a magazine carrier, all right? I know if you already have a holster you really like, it's hard to find a good magazine caddy. Uh, they seem like pretty pretty simple things. They're really not. I've had some really good ones. I've had some really shitty ones. Check out the awesome stuff over at Slim Fit Holsters. Again, our code's prepared 10, 10% off, and free shipping on whatever you guys need. Also, MyMedic.com. They actually just rolled out a new rewards point system, which is an even better reason for you guys to go check out all the good stuff at MyMedic. They gave us the code MINDSET20 for all of our listeners to save 20% off of their order. <clears throat> Picking up things like one of their MyFat kits. Maybe it's just a tourniquet, right? We talk a lot about shooting here, but, you know, aside from that, recreational sports, camping, hiking. I mean, just in the car, accidents happen. Puncture wounds happen in car accidents and hiking and things. And, I mean, just shit just around the house, right? Uh, kids running with scissors, God forbid. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff happens. Have a tourniquet. Have the supplies that you need. Have some clotting agent. Have the gauze, right? And, and more importantly, have the knowledge. That's why it's so great. When you shop from MyMedic, you get an email link that directs you over to their educational content library from experts like Billy Haley that know what they're doing. All right. 
mymedic.com, Mindset20. You head over to our offer section on our Facebook page. You go find the Prepared Mindset Podcast on Facebook. Uh, Our offer section, we have our affiliate link to MyMedic. You can still use the the code, you know, still can use Mindset20 to save 20% off. But if you use our affiliate link, then we get a little piece of the money as well. Uh, Whatever you spend, a little part of that comes back to support our endeavors here and everything that we're working on at the Prepared Mindset. Lastly, just same section there in the offers page on our Facebook. Check out Dry Fire Mag. If you guys are looking to improve your shooting skills and your competency uh, with a handgun, I, I really can't recommend the Dry Fire Mag enough. It saves a ton of money on ammunition, especially right now when it's hard enough to find it, let alone afford it. Uh, I picked up one right after lockdown. Super, super great tool. And guys, I know, you know, I've seen all the memes. I've seen all the pics online. You can just shove a little piece of paper in the ejection port and, oh, my trigger goes dead and I don't need one of those. Well, let me tell you why you're wrong. The audible response and the trigger reset. Those are tremendous training tools when you're looking at things like building cadence, building confidence, and, and working on not just one trigger pull, but two trigger pulls, three trigger pulls, transitions. And they come with it. You can get them with a spring kit. So if you have, uh, you know, a Timney trigger, you have a ghost connector, you have one of these souped up, you know, lightweight triggers, or alternatively, if you have a New York trigger, you got a heavy ass trigger, you can swap out the springs and adjust it so that it mimics your trigger weight which is another crazy, crazy advantageous feature. Uh, dryfiremag.com, great, great company doing really, really awesome stuff that we're super, super proud to work with them. Don't have a discount code for you guys, but we do really believe in the product. Again, that's on our offer section on our Facebook page. You can use our affiliate link and a little piece of what you spend buying your mag that's going to save you a shitload of money. It's going to come back here and it's going to support the prepared mindset. So, the Ukraine. <sighs> Poor country. Uh, it's been weird. I didn't think it was actually going to get to this point for for a little while. I just thought it was one of those things that like boils up and then kind of goes away. Out. Yeah, a lot of people did. Even even the, the you know the residents and <clears throat> natives of the country they they mm-hmm. didn't think it was going to happen. And well, and we kind of saw some of this what eight years ago, right when Obama twenty fourteen yeah when, when they, Obama was still in office with the Crimea. Crimean Peninsula. Yep. In Crimea, and Russia basically annexed that and took that that land over. Which, for those of you who don't know what that means, they went and said, "This is mine now," and it became part of Russia. Mm-hmm. Well, now you look at the maps, right? The um, <clears throat> there's so many images and maps and things like that being spread out over the internet. That's one of the major points that Russia is moving in through. Is through yes. that Crimean Peninsula. Why? Because it's water on both sides, which means no third parties can come and interject. Like, yep. Yeah, I think it's Moldova that's right there, right? They they're not there to help interject and stop the Russian forces from crossing the border. Um, <clears throat> you know, and what's going to happen? You know, NATO has urged Putin to stop, hasn't stopped, right? The UN, oh, the UN. Oh, the powerful, powerful force that is the UN has uh, has stepped in and and, and pleaded and and you know begged for him to stop. Hasn't Ukraine done anything. Ukraine has has pleaded and and said you know we we want to resolve you know we we want peace we don't want to, to do this and for those of you who who don't know who maybe haven't been following it don't really know what's going on other than something is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Putin's. Uh, reason 
for all of this is he has to alleged uh, validation de Nazify the Ukraine, which if you also didn't know, President Zelensky of the Ukraine is Jewish, who had family members escape the Holocaust. And uh, since this all came out, the U.S. Holocaust Museum has come out against that and are horrified that that is what they're hiding. Basically, it's what they're hiding behind. Yeah, it's it's a false narrative, you know, or, or fake news, <laughs> if you uh, if you prefer that uh, nomenclature. Um, no, it's it, it's a power grab. Um, when you look at some of the statistics and the numbers behind the importance of the Ukraine, with things like their technology and and I shouldn't say technology, their industrial output, right? Uh, They're like top five or top three in the world in titanium output. Um, They're top like three, top five in a lot of different agricultural fields. There's 40 million people there. So it's a, it's a, I mean, there's a lot going on in the Ukraine. I think it's something that I don't want to say they don't get enough credit for because that's a that's a poor way to phrase what I'm what I'm thinking. But you don't when you think of a valued country um, in terms of you know economic value and economic uh, weight, so to speak, right? The Ukraine, I don't think, is one that usually you jump to. Yeah, I actually uh, shared something on my Facebook, which I will now share with you. Just some snippets of how mm-hmm. valuable the Ukraine is. Um, in terms of agriculture, they are the second place in the world for barley production and fourth in barley exports. Which is important if you drink beer. <laughs> uh, which first we all in do. the world of uh, sunflower and sunflower oil. Um, what do you use sunflower oil for? You know, I don't know. I don't know either. But they're uh, first in the world in it, so it's. Third largest producer and fourth largest exporter of corn. That's that's big deal. Fourth largest producer of potatoes, fifth largest producer of rye, which is also important if you drink. <laughs> yep, if you're a whiskey drinker. Um, the Ukraine can meet the food needs of almost 600 million people. And that and that's, that there, <clears throat> that makes this incredibly impactful, right? Like, because now you're not talking about it's not a land grab. It's not. Um, I, it it this is it. it I mean, it is a land grab by Putin, but I, I think the whole neo-Nazi thing doesn't hold water. I think it's absolutely ridiculous and preposterous that, it, you know, it's 2022. People are still jumping to the, oh, Nazis. Although, although we shouldn't be surprised, right? That's all we heard the last, you know, three years with President Trump was that he's a Nazi. You're supporting Nazis. I mean, I was called a Nazi on social media for supporting <laughs> Trump's policies on, on not well, everything. No, I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not going to discount that there couldn't be supporters right like there are still people like anything can happen like but Mm -hmm. do i think that in president Zelensky's cabinet there are things that if that were true then you should come to them as an ally and try to help them root out the issue bring these you know through the intelligence community bring these issues to light and help them resolve the issue for the greater good of the region that you would think that would i mean be you would the think diplomatic that diplomatic way to yeah i mean if if the roles were switched and it was you know the u.s and canada the u.s and mexico i would i would think that rather than us invading <clears throat> canada and for their better good you know all behind the guise of hey we're doing this for your own good man like you don't understand um you would think that a diplomatic channel would be would be the route that is used, right? You would think. Um, and it's it's no small deal. I mean, um, this isn't just like a land invasion, right? Um, there's been airstrikes. Over 160 cruise missiles 
Yep, they they have fired. attacked on all fronts. Yep. You know, um, essentially land, air, and sea, which is uh, possible because of their of occupying Crimea. They have mm-hmm. access to the, the you know the water there. Um, and since all of this, there have been around 140 Ukrainians dead. Yeah. Um, I believe most of which have been military, but there have been some well, yeah, we civilian. Did, we did just hear about one of their ships basically being destroyed by the Russian military, being, uh, you know, approached and announced, you know, in, you know the Russians announcing um, surrender, mm-hmm. uh, throw down your weapons or be attacked. And, you know, I mean, the, and to their credit, the Ukrainian people, who I know from a cultural standpoint, are very proud people, as, I mean, most nationalities, most countries yeah. are. Um, they're fighting back, you know, um, I think what we, the last number we heard was there's, uh, eight, two different things that I want to talk about is one, they have activated their, I forget what they call it, but, um, basically any fighting age male from 18 to 60 is now obligated to stay in country and defend the country. Yep. Um, which I have to some extent I have, I don't want to say I have mixed feelings on, I just, um, but I mean, you're not, it's not a hypothetical anymore. You know, you got to look at it like it's your home. You're going to lose your home. Stay and fight. You should yeah. want to, you know, um, and your also friends and family are at risk. Exactly. And latest numbers have uh, put it at around 10,000 rifles have been dispersed and, and handed out to the citizenry. Mm-hmm. You know, the average Ukrainian citizen to help fight. And I think that that is something that people should look at more than just in a passing, passing glance. Like, oh, yeah, they're giving out rifles because it's a war. You know, we talk about it a lot here, and I say here, I don't mean just this podcast, like this country about citizens owning military, uh, <clears throat> military grade <laughs> weapons. Right. Um, this is why uh, you, you never think it's going to happen until it does happen, right? Uh, so here it would be handing out AR-15s, except, oh, wait, we don't need to hand out AR-15s. I mean, I would take one if they were. <laughs> don't right. get me wrong, but... Uh, you don't need to do that. Or not Why? nearly as many. Yeah, because our our uh, our culture here is such that with our Second Amendment and everything we have going on, that those arms are already they're owned by the average citizen here. It's a part of our culture. It's a promoted, well, mostly promoted part of the culture here in our country. So if we were faced, and this is something that, I mean, there's a quote by one of the Japanese... Uh, military leaders or something around World War II, and I, I should know this and I don't, but <clears throat> it's a hole behind every blade of grass. Why, why it would, not, <clears throat> excuse me, why it would never make sense to invade the U.S. Mm-hmm. because of armed American citizens. You lose. Yeah. You know, military might, which, I mean, we are the dominant military in the world, put that aside. The citizens are now the citizens are armed too to and defend their country. We're empowered by our laws, our laws and structures and systems, to be able to train, to be able to own the supporting gear that goes with, you know, such endeavors and uh, and such situations. Owning things like body armor, owning things like night vision goggles. Well, some of us. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty Gucci stuff, you know. <laughs> right. But. You know, we are empowered to have that. Not saying that the Ukrainians aren't, but it's certainly not. I can't speak for what they do or don't do. I'm not Ukrainian. And it's hard to, I can, we can speak to what, what we do here and mm-hmm. how things could potentially be different because 
you're you're right, you know, 10,000 rifles, like we'll use the exact same example, is going to go a lot further, even though the U.S. population is significantly more because there are many private citizens who own Mm -hmm. their own firearms. Yeah, absolutely. And it's easier to access things like training. It's easier to access things like ammunition. Well, it's it's all easier here. Well, for the most part, I mean, present uh, economic yeah. issues aside, but that's another another thing too, right? Because the oil situation over there and the oh. sanctions, right? We've we have now imposed sanctions, uh, quote unquote, swift and uh, strong. I I would I don't dare try and quote President Biden because uh, you really can't understand him most of the time. But basically, there's been a lot of sanctions put on Russia they, in the last forty eight hours. They have not seen. A country the size of Russia, the economy the size of Russia's, has not seen sanctions of this magnitude before. Yeah. Um, And they're saying that they haven't seen an invasion of this scale since World War II, since the Germans invaded Poland. Yep. Um, Which is really, I mean, that's a a pretty strong comparison. Like, we don't want to keep coming back to Nazis and Hitler's Germany and everything, but that really was the last major, gigantic, worldwide conflict. I mean, hence the name World War II. Yeah. Right. Um, when you put it in that perspective, it does, in that context, it does start to kind of start ringing some bells and some lights start going off in your brain saying, you know, Hold, wow, shit, this really this, is, com- is similar and <clears throat> yeah, comparable. Yeah, this, this and- really is something that we need to pay attention to and be, not just from a humanitarian standpoint. Well, and uh, yeah, I mean, but if you think, of, I mean, I'm sure, because there, there have been studies and maybe less studies, but more like books and, and research done on how Germany invading Poland wasn't really that big of a deal either when at first. I mean, it was, but well, look yeah, to what it turned into. Like, Well, news coverage and communication was also not then what it is true. now, too. So, it, it, I mean, it's not exactly a fair comparison, but yeah, I mean, this is where it starts, right? And the other concerning part is every major country in the world now, every majorly developed country has come out and condemned this action by Vladimir Putin. Yep. With the exception of China, who, again, if you guys are following basically any news at all for the past, I don't know, decade or more, (laughs) China equals bad. Um, China is a world superpower. China is a... I mean, I would. They're dictatorship. They're communist. They're. They're. It's a pretty bad place, right? You want to talk yeah. about woke culture and how it's softening the American landscape of our culture and stuff. Um, it's the exact opposite in China. There's some hard mothers. <clears throat> you know, they don't. They don't fuck around with this shit. They don't give a shit about your feelings. And by the way, they own the world. Their manufacturing and their cheap labor force. They pretty much fucking own the world, you know, and, uh, and a lot of people, myself included, you know, I have a hard time always living around this. Oh, I buy American goods only. It's becoming increasingly difficult. Yeah. Because of the cost. Um, now obviously I do when I can, you know, I, I bought a nicer optic for my rifle and things. Uh, I bought my knives. I've moved up to higher quality pocket knives and things that are made more in the U S or at the very least, just, just not in China. Really, I don't want to keep giving money to China. And I talked about it before uh, several, several episodes ago, you know, on, on Amazon and, you know, how upsetting it is that you get Amazon's choice items and they're knockoffs. They're knockoffs of American made products uh, offered at a, you know, 80% discount to the real thing, right? And we as Americans, we're just too happy to pay less money and support China. 
with everything that they do, um, you know, which intellectual property theft. But at the same time, they're also the first country. We have to remember that when we backed out of Afghanistan, they were waiting at the border to buy American drone technology and American weapons and things from the Afghanis, from the Taliban. Yep. And China's not condemning Putin. He, they're, I mean, I mean, they came out and, and made some fake message of peace uh, or talked about how all the countries need to work together um, <clears throat> in an effort towards global peace or some. Yeah, a very nice uh, gift wrapped message. Like, that obviously, gonna... very PC, very pre written, very, you know, BS message. Like, oh, we all need to come together in this time of tragedy or, you know. Yeah. But they haven't condemned what he's doing. They haven't come out and actually said, this is bad. They shouldn't do this. We don't think that you should be allowed to do this. Um, and then they started making flyovers with Taiwan, which is also significant because they consider Taiwan to be one of their territories. Yep. And Taiwan, after that, a flyover was scrambling their military for right. concern. Right. So out now of you concern. have a second conflict in the continent of Asia, right? Yep. Um, <clears throat> this is very similar to when Russia annexed Crimea yes. and China has been pushing to try and annex Taiwan for a long time. Um, is this the start of, I mean, I don't even want to say it out loud, but is this, is this one of those things? This is the beginning of what leads to the next global conflict. Yeah. World war three. Yeah. Essentially this, and, and it is right. If we aren't able to come together as, um, you know, countries or, the West or whatever, uh, it, it's not going to stop. It's no. not. He's not because you know Putin, the Russian military, they're not just going to stop and pack up and go. You know, what? we yeah, we got it. We got enough done here. This is going to be good. Um, yeah. He even went so far as to issue a warning to uh, anyone that interferes. So you're not speaking to like just President Biden or you know just Germany or just Boris Johnson in the UK, or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. You're talking to military versus military. So anybody that gets involved is going to, I mean, it's roughly translated, but um, you're going to have repercussions that you've never seen, like you've never seen. Basically, like you're going to, you're going to pay, yeah. you know, make it the ultimate threat. He's going to leverage the the might of the entire Russian military infrastructure, uh, which in the 90s wasn't great. <clears throat> now it's probably yeah. a bit better. Well, and he's gone as far as... Um... And any Russian protesters have been arrested. and Yeah, they've never really been big on the whole democracy thing there. Um, no, that's true. But, yeah, I mean, they're they're not wanting to hear anything against it. Um, and, of course, listening to the news, you get what Democrat uh, senator from Virginia who's on the House Intelligence Committee, I think, come out and say, oh, you know, President, former President Bush and former President Obama are both condemning this. The only person who's still on good terms with Putin is former President Trump. And say, so, of course, you just you got to take a situation that's completely disrelated from what's going on. And and just, oh, yeah, got to make sure you get our dig in on Donald Trump because, uh, oh, yeah, he was the last leader to have peace in the Middle East and also have a somewhat working relationship with Russia. Yeah. Which the last time we had a somewhat working relationship with Russia was World War II when we defeated the Nazis and then... We basically one, two, skip a few, boom, Cold War. Yeah. And then not. things really ain't been great since. No. I mean, they, there's been times when it hasn't been bad, but things have not been great since. I, not even good, I would say. It's been <clears throat> tolerable 
we've we've coexisted. Yeah, there's been no armed conflict. Yeah. And basically, you're looking at two of the world's two of the top three superpowers in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say it's us, it's Russia, and it's China. Um, I would say from a lot of other standpoints, you would include you start to include the UK and things, but for, they're just they don't have the size. They're right. not in that discussion. In my mind, um, from a military standpoint, they they hit above their weight class. I, I will say that, but uh, you know, so yeah, you're starting to see China and Russia ally together, and what's problematic there is geographically they're pretty close together. Um, so they could, compared to whatever else is going on in the region, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the term stranglehold comes to mind. They can make they can make a lot of moves very quickly. And uh, it, it could be really, really bad. Yeah. Just given how much China has in everything, you know, we're, we're issuing all these sanctions, but China won't condemn them. So China can be their saving grace yeah, and help the, lessen. And their um, manufacturing strength and economic strength that China brings to the table. Yeah. <clears throat> and. You know, Germany was the first one. Germany or, or the UK were the one of the first ones to come out and make a sanction. I think it might have been Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, was the first one to come out and make these sanctions. And you know, of course, our president, being uh, our president, uh, was late to the table, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> you know, has, it was fairly non-committal for a lot of this too. Uh, didn't want to come out and drop the hammer. Didn't want to say one way or the other on a lot of different things. Which refused to comment on China. Yeah, he for whatever. I don't understand. I mean, I know everyone's got a lot of conspiracy theories, right, about the Biden family and their relationship with China. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's it's like it's just as bad as the theories about the Trump administration and their relationships allegedly to Russia. Yeah, which we're now seeing stuff come out that actually links. The Clinton campaign, mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton, to Russia yep. rather than the Trump administration. Mind you, Trump was on trial almost his entire presidency, and his administration was on trial trying to connect him to Russia and saboteurs of our elective process mm-hmm. that nothing was ever found. No. Now, laws, there were laws broken. There were things that were done by people within his administration who were being punished and things, but he himself was never impeached for anything that connected him to russia right you know he actually beat impeachment uh actually i saved the the newspaper article (laughs) yep like he so uh the biden connection to china is a odd one because they we really they are a country we need to keep i think at arm's reach yeah um, until terms are better no that's that's for sure there's a lot that uh china has and has done that is just we, we 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 keep doing it because we're almost forced to, and now we're in this catch twenty two because we're continued. We we depend on them for a lot of things, and right. the world depends on them for a lot of things. So, well, and that's why they they're in this position where they know you can't really afford to live without us. <clears throat> right, I and mean, we can, but we won't. Right, as a society and as a culture, we're too used to our smartphones and right. our children's toys and uh cheap clothing and textile manufacturing and stuff like that we're just we're too we're too used to it we're too soft to to live without it Mm -hmm. you know and going and looking at russia right and we depend on them a lot for oil production and that region for oil production and things and 
now if we're talking about what impact we're going to see from this right um today i think we're around three dollars and fifty cents at least here in michigan right for price per gallon for gas um they're saying that within the next week or two between the changing of the weather which apparently that has something to do with when they shut down refineries and switch from winter gas to summer gas or something that's going to cause an increase in the gas prices as well as this conflict now Mm -hmm. since our uh oh so wonderful president on day one in office shut down the keystone pipeline that by the way could have produced like almost 50 percent more than the russian pipeline that we now deal with uh in terms of oil there are some articles and some people that are projecting that gas could be almost seven bucks a gallon and i do think that that seven dollar mark is in more remote places like hawaii um but but continuous states you're probably looking at least five dollars yeah. and the, and the th- last time this happened 2008. 2008 right when obama took office and what else happened when he was in office oh that's right crimea happened you know uh and everyone likes to talk about you know all the great things that that barack obama did and joe biden can do and how wonderful they are because they're not donald trump mm-hmm. but these kinds of things don't really happen under Republican presidents. And it goes back to other issues that we've talked about on this podcast before, right? Democratic presidents always, always, always want to cut back on military spending. They want to reduce our military footprint, right? Or, I'm sorry, <clears throat> they want to reduce our military spending. They want to expand our military footprint with less resources. Yep. Because you know, we're all about the humanitarian aid. And, by the way, that's, that's not me saying I'm against helping anybody. I want to be very clear about that yeah. for all you guys listening going, ha, he just said he doesn't want to help people. That's not what I said. However, you cannot achieve those goals and still maintain some semblance of order around the world because we're basically asked to be the police force for the world. Um, NATO is urging us to get involved, or, or the UN, they're, they're both urging the U.S. to take drastic action you know, on, on this issue, right? Mm-hmm. We just moved another, what, 7,000 troops to Germany? Yep. So now we're at 12,000 troops standing in, by. Yeah, in, in the area and different... Uh, and, well, you know what's really funny about this is if we wouldn't have pulled out of Afghanistan, it'd be a hop, skip, and a jump away mm-hmm. with all sorts of resources, all sorts of manpower, and probably a lot more regional intelligence to work with than what we have now. And uh, from what the news is telling us, the American intelligence got this right. You know, mm-hmm. we predicted accurately they were going to come from land, sea, and air, um, <clears throat> that this was going to happen. This was indeed going to be a real thing and not just a show of force, line up at the border and stare down, you know. So, I don't know. I, I think that this this really is going to be um, probably one, one of the defining moments of the Biden administration, I think. Is how, how this is handled <clears throat> I mean, how or not? It not be? I mean, you know, how can it not? Yeah. Um, with with statistical information and, and commentary like the largest invasion since Poland and World War II that we were just mm-hmm. talking about, right? Um, you know, you look at all the export and economic impacts that you're looking at here. This and because we're the U.S. isn't the only one that uses oil. No, I mean the, the world uses it. Exactly. I mean we're now we're, we're less... looking at it from how it's going to impact you and I. Right. But this is going to impact the world over. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I, everyone's, there's, regardless of where this goes from here, what mm-hmm. has already happened is going to have repercussions around the world, let alone well, if, if this escalates. Well, and, you know, now you're seeing, 
you're seeing the air raids and the bombings and news footage. And again, we have more access now due to technology than we probably ever have in, in history, right? Yeah. They're turning subway stations into makeshift bomb shelters. Uh, you can see photos of what it looks of what it looks like just trying to escape the capital of Kiev. Oh, it's like something out of a movie. Yeah, lines and one way of traffic. And one of the other things I found particularly um, ironic, I'll say ironic because I didn't think it was funny. That was a bad. That would be a, a poor choice of words, but maybe ironic. Was they talk about refugees, mm-hmm. people trying to escape the war, the fighting and the war to get to a safer country, um, you know, whichever one you're going to. And, uh, you know, Poland, I think, is right there. Yeah, Was that the one that they are specifically mentioning? Yeah, I I believe so. I could be wrong. Uh, I don't have a map in front of me, so please don't quote me on that. But anyways, um, and then the news footage shows people in basically what look like caged walls, like waiting at the border because they're not letting in refugees. And I just have to chuckle because... We are, you know, the rest of the world has those policies about, you know, closed borders and border checks and regulating who comes in and who comes out. Even There's if, a process. Yeah, even if you're claiming to be a refugee, there is some kind of check and balance there, especially where there's literally a war going on. Right. Literally being bombed, cruise missiles, tanks and troops and battles and bloodshed. Here at our southern border, nope, we just, we let everybody in, Right. It's great. It's a regular old fucking party here in the southern United States. Everybody yeah. come on down. You know, and um, <clears throat> they said the president's also warning that, that, you know, martial law is in effect. Yep, which basically um, means there the is streets. no law. They think that there's Russian saboteurs already in the capital intermingled yep. with the people, which, um, yeah, I mean, I, that's... And, uh, read yeah, a book, you know. I mean, that's how wars are fought, and it's... And it's not as so cut and dry to say revolutionary war with gentlemen's warfare here, line up at, you know, 40 paces, we're all <laughs> going to shoot, and whoever dies, dies, and then we'll reload and keep going until yeah. there's no one left. Um, but this uh, war, it, it's fought through deceit. It's fought through tactics. And, you know, what we what we as a world have learned on war fighting in the past 100 years Right, mm-hmm. you can do a lot more with a lot less. Yep. If you're willing to use guerrilla tactics and deception and things like this, yeah, embedding saboteurs, I 110% believe that that's a real possibility and something that they're really accurately worried about. And uh, yep, they're the 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 last news article that the last update I should say it wasn't really an article itself, but the last update I saw on the situation had another <clears throat> another bout of. I don't want to say confirmation, but another speculation mm-hmm. of saboteurs in Kiev, and that um, President Zelensky is the is Moscow's prime target. So yeah, I'm pretty I mean, sure you, he is. If, and and that's um, <clears throat> like a fundamental principle of warfare is to remove leadership. Yep. Right. That's how you overthrow a government and and throw leader the the established government into chaos. Right. And it, and I mean, you look at um, African countries mm-hmm. that have historically been at war generation after generation after generation and um and and for better or for worse right hollywood has done a lot of movies about it Mm -hmm. um the first one that comes to mind for me is like tears of the sun uh where they are escorting the tribal prince the the heir to the throne over a border and he's being hunted by this opposing political party that's coming and trying to remove leadership and stuff um and and here nor there on the accuracy bit other than the fact then to say that that's an established principle of warfare. You 
knock your enemy off of their foundation when you remove leadership. Yep. Lack of leadership is how you lose battles. People don't know who to turn to. There's no one to look to. It usually uh, causes chaos within the government, even if there are safeguards in place. Exactly. And it's it's why Battlefield or above that, not even in corporate America and things like that, why leadership skills are so highly heralded and valued because leadership is key to success. Yes. You know, um, not to say that it can't happen without it, but you got a lot better chance with it. Well, and, and <clears throat> there always tends to be a leader, even it, yeah. even without a, a primary established figurehead. Mm-hmm. It's the natural order of things. For those of you who have ever read Lord of the Flies, high school, it's about a you know, group of boys, plane crashes. There are no adults on the island. And ultimately, I mean, for for better or worse, with conflict in there, but a hierarchy forms. It's just yeah. people want to people don't want to make decisions. They want to look to somebody else to make those decisions for them, or help guide them through with them, even if they, yeah. even if they're involved in the process. It's so removing this leadership. I mean, yeah, and that's probably the easiest way. It's not by just a full on military attack because they're obviously going to be moving important leadership to protected locations, to fortified safety. locations yep. and things. So if you're able to covertly make these moves and things um, where you have a, a greater possibility of getting close enough to affect that damage, right, without being detected, mm-hmm. that's the way to go about it. Um, now, again, the they are among us type deal. Yes. They're, they're talking about having saboteurs walking up and down the streets with them. Again, it goes back to why it's important that your civilian populace needs to be <clears throat> well-informed, well-armed, well-regulated, well-trained, or at the very least, all right? Because a lot of these countries will, and this was what I alluded to earlier, and I said I had mixed feelings on forced military service for 18 to 60, mm-hmm. because, and we've talked about this in a lot of different aspects, but if you don't have proper training, you, you end up becoming more of a liability, Yeah. right? And in a situation like this, there really isn't a whole lot of opportunity for training. You no, know, it's like, you here's like a, how you load it, here's how you point yeah, it, and pull the trigger. Exactly. And not to say that it can't be effective, because obviously if you look at Afghanistan and Pakistan and the war the war on terror, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those are not formally trained soldiers that are in the Taliban. I mean, they, there are. There are camps and things like that. Right. Um, but, not, we shouldn't say that there isn't any training, but <clears throat> it's... It is proof that formalized training is not always necessary to be uh, be effective, mm-hmm. but you have a lot better chance of being effective with some kind of training. So, um, for the long term, this is yeah, and this is obviously not the ideal situation. No, you know, um, one of the other things that was stressed, I, I wish I could remember that senator's name. The House Intelligence Committee pointed out that the U.S. has been urging the Ukrainian government for the past. You know, he indicated two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I mean, give or take. Week right. and a half, two, you know, two weeks, two and a half weeks, that they need to fully mobilize their military, make this call to arms, be ready to go when shit pops off, so to speak. Yeah. Right? Um, they they did not, and here we are. So, you know, now, I mean, so where do you go from here? You're handing out rifles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's going to be aid from other countries, which isn't always just food. Right. And, and all kinds of aid. I'm... Honestly, and and this is this is not that to say that the country as a whole is not a concern, and that I don't feel for these people. Mm-hmm. My biggest concern right now, or my at the forefront of my mind, is hoping and praying 
that nothing happens to the containment dome over Chernobyl. And that's a really, really, really important point behind all of this that is, I think, overlooked. You know, um, the Chernobyl incident, which uh, I would think that most people listening know the history of Chernobyl and the nuclear reactor explosion that occurred there in the 80s. Yep. Um, why it is such a big deal. The amount of radiation there, um, I think you looked up, it's like 20,000 years before that radiation will fully be dissipated and gone. For, and that, for life to be sustained yeah, in that area. Live there again without being in serious health danger, risk. you know, from a health standpoint. Um, those measures that have been taken to seal uh, those radioactive isotopes and things. And contain um, them and keep them from spreading. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a relatively recent in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. honestly less than that. I, I don't remember the exact number when that structure was built Yeah, um, to help fortify, because it, it was contained after the, after the incident with a concrete sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. But in the last five to 10 years, they created this, this dome on top of that to seal it to help you know to seal it and to keep those the radioactivity contained and to keep it right. from spreading um well, because they, it's not just the immediate area it's wherever the wind takes that radioactive uh material yep. dust or, or whatever it is and there's a an estimated i think they said <clears throat> um from the the either direct or leaked radiation um some ten thousand cases of thyroid cancer that could be caused from that radiation and that's huge yeah that's that's huge and it's preventable however during war um not really a consideration for a lot of reasons especially since we've already i think fairly adequately demonstrated that the russian government and the russian military aren't humanitarian aid isn't like at the top of their list yeah you know so it's kind of like well what the fuck do i care i don't live there Mm -hmm. you know if it's going to help me to defeat the enemy then it's worth it which is, a, I mean, from a war fighting standpoint, probably a good tactic. Uh, from an overall standpoint, I would say terribly short-sighted. Yeah, that, uh, that radiation can would, would cover Ukraine, would cover probably into Belarus, which I believe is directly to the north. Um, oh, a yeah, lot of, all over a the lot region. Of Eastern, all of Eastern Europe, basically. Which is why it was such a big deal when it happened mm-hmm. and has continued to be a concern in the region for... 40 some odd years since then will continue to be until oh yeah it it probably until the the radiation has been oh since we're to the point where we're all dead buried and long since forgotten i mean twenty thousand years that's a yeah that's a long time and uh a completely man-made disaster yep i mean and and who's to say that there won't be technology one day that can help dissipate it but sure it won't be in our lifetime but that's it's something needs to be considered during all of that and um, I believe there's already been articles put out that there the the airstrikes and things have already hit close enough to that it's causing structural damage to that mm-hmm. um, cement sarcophagus or, or I don't know what the, the dome is. What, I, I, what I did try it? to research what would happen if that protective dome failed. Um, of course, no one ever wants to talk about that, so I couldn't really find anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, things were I don't want to say they were fine, but things were acceptable for a long time while they were building that dome. Mm-hmm. So this is just an additional safety measure. Um, but if you're blowing it up and you're mixing up the soil and you have that dome that collapses and all this dust and everything up into the air and, and things like mm-hmm. that, 
now you're disturbing all these natural elements. It's a whole other, it's a whole other discussion, a whole other set of circumstances. I mean, since the completion of this dome or these countermeasures, these cement ceilings that are how they seal everything in in cement and stuff, people may have moved closer. They yeah. may have, you know, uh, built industrial complex. I mean, th- there's all sorts of considerations yeah, and things that I'm go not, into it. I'm not sure what the initial radius was after, like, directly following mm-hmm. the event. Um, I know now there is a 20-mile radius that is it's the protective zone. Yeah, no-fly zone. Speaking of which, also <laughs> funny, you can see online pictures, uh, the airspace around the entire country due to the airstrikes uh, yeah, and the just... military action. No civilian flights uh, in and out of the country and near the country even. It's There's just this empty void of over traffic. Ukraine and the eastern Russia, or sorry, western Russia. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, and it makes sense. You want to keep civilians out of harm's way and... Um, but I, I really, I think we can't even, we can't overstate the importance that you, this, it's 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people would, would say that they think that we're at an age of man and a point in our history and, and world, right? That we'd be past the point of global war scenarios. Right. Um, weapons development is at a point where I think you just kind of stockpile and, mm-hmm. you know, just to keep the other guy from doing anything stupid i think that this might be a pretty like a pretty good highlight of why it's important to do such things um why it is important to have a well-trained citizenship as well as a a regulated and and well-equipped standing army you know especially in a region like that like here we're fortunate in the continental united states we are fortunate that our neighbors are friendly countries like very friendly countries that we have very positive relationships with yes you know canada to the north Mm -hmm. and mexico to the south right who doesn't love tacos (laughs) everybody loves tacos yeah um but seriously we don't have to worry about that and then we're we have water on both sides we don't necessarily have risk immediately anyways of invasion from a neighboring country because everyone else is so far away <clears throat> exactly i mean now, you're talking eight hour plane rides oh minimum like minimum that's so, you know to london and europe and stuff and so then you're talking you look at the rest of the world right europe africa obviously uh and asia where some of these countries are landlocked they're surrounded on all, and and they have neighbors just in this case with the ukraine and russia that are antagonists uh or aggressors uh that are you know they don't give two shits they're gonna move in and and, you know we have this false sense of security here because of that um again to your point it's not to say it can't happen right you know during world war ii there was a pretty strong concern that we could be attacked by japan aircraft carriers mm-hmm. uh you know whether or on the other side if well not really with germany they had their hands full but yeah that japan could cross the pacific they they obviously attacked us at pearl harbor yeah um which wasn't a state at the time but you know this is why it's important to you know have firearms to know basic survival skills and medical skills and how to shoot and how to work a weapon i mean and, and- the life you save may be your own and and to your to your point just now, you don't you don't have to fight. Like you have you can bring other valuable skills, life saving skills, with medical knowledge, with, you know, household skills, you know, maybe 
you know, knowing how to to cook and what what nutrients. How to store food for extended periods. What can be stored for an extended period of time. Yeah, you know, for all you who who can, you know, you're valuable. Your 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 canned food is gonna last. You're gonna have stuff. Um, yeah. Nurses, you know, paramedics, you know, healthcare workers. Concerned citizens with adequate training. I, I, yeah, I mean, like, that doesn't mean like that you have to pick up, you know, a firearm or a weapon and fight. You're you're just no. as valuable. You, you you need both sides. Well, the and it's and I just this just hit me and I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner. Um, talking about skills outside of firearms. One of the things I did last year, right, was go get my ham radio license. Yes. And it's one of the, the I want to say the prideful points of ham radio operators is during emergencies and things, we are called upon to help with communications during natural disasters, uh, you know, public crisis and things like that. The world over. Yeah. You know, um, it's very much a global community that's very much uh, got its ear to the ground, so to speak, because everyone talks to everyone and... Your hobby is literally seeing how far you can have yeah. communications. Um, but what I was going to say is uh, the Ukrainian president has actually ordered a halt of all ham radio communication in the country. Ooh. So I see both sides of it. You know, obviously there's a, there's a concern there. It's mm-hmm. it, one of the recurring things that we've heard in just our discussion here, right, is saboteurs. Yep. Uh, they're in the country. We don't. You want to try and control the information that's coming in and going out. Now, I mean, it's really easy to put that in a negative light and go, oh, you're restricting your people. That's a typical bad guy move. At the same time, you're also a country under siege. You're playing damage control before you even know how much damage there is. Right. Limiting that radio communication is a good first step. I mean, um, <clears throat> it is what it is. You have to take precautions. Yep. Sometimes but having the- those skills is still helpful. Oh, you for know, sure. You see, being... you, you can choose to disobey the, the order. Um, maybe that kind of order doesn't come from your government or in your situation or whatever have you. Being able to communicate when cell phone towers and phone lines go down, mm-hmm. it's pretty invaluable. Yeah. And, and in, in theme with the, the podcast, being prepared isn't always firearms. I know we, we talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a topic that's near and dear to us, but it's it's not the only way. No, and, and honestly, if you're somebody who is concerned about this, and I know we have listeners outside the continental U.S., I know we do because I have tracking metrics, and uh, I know that we have listeners in other parts of the world, including like you know Australia, New Zealand, and Europe. And you know, if you guys are listening to this, follow us on Instagram. Drop me a message. I'd, I'd love to hear you know why you guys listen, uh, how things are different, you know, us for versus what 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 the conditions are where you live and everything. But, um, you know, it's, it, everyone's experience is going to be a little bit different. Yep. And having those skills, uh, you can be well prepared for a, a wide variety of different things. I mean, some countries you can't, you can't own a firearm. So, okay, well, how can I best prepare myself for shit hits the fan? Mm-hmm. If I extract that piece from the equation. Right. You know, that's how we've talked about things like, you know, winter uh, preparedness, the things you keep in your car, things you keep in the car year-round. You know, right. uh, having a go bag. Is bugging out really a good idea? It's glamorous here in the States where you got all kinds of extra um, <laughs> real estate and stuff. Right. Other countries, it's really not. Right. Because there is no extra real estate. I mean, there might be some, but not, not in like the same what we way. got here. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. 
the, we're, we're far from over with this. And I think the implications of these actions, like you were saying earlier, right, it's going to be global. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's several months before we see this come to a complete close. Um, and that's being, I think that's, that's if things go well. Yeah. I mean, when I say come to a close, I mean that Russia pulls out. Yes. That doesn't mean that it's over. That I mean, I'm sure, I'm positive there will be UN peacekeepers or NATO peacekeepers. There will be foreign troops, uh, allied troops, you know, like soldiers from the United States or Germany or whatever mm-hmm. um, in the Ukraine as help or assistance with the peacekeeping measures. Uh, I mean, this is, unfortunately, we get in these situations and like I said, democratic administrations always like to withdraw forces and things like that, but it's just, you can't get away from it. It's a violent world. If you're going to be the superpower, you're going to be the kid on the street with the biggest stick and you're ruled by morality and virtue, you have to go help people, Mm -hmm. which requires a larger footprint, which requires more money, which, I mean, it just, it is, it is what it is. You know, you can't just sit there and slash military spending and say it's unreasonable. I mean, it's not. If you want us to go out there and be the world's police force. And that's what it turns into. UN and NATO don't have the ability. If you remove the U.S. from those two parties, um, it's kind of a joke. Yeah. So, uh, but I digress. You know, a lot more to come on this, like I said. Um, I hope you guys are all watching and paying attention. I think being being properly informed, and this is one of the things where it's a lot less of a partisan issue. You know, this isn't like the BLM protests and the summer riots or... COVID mandates and the freedom convoy and all that. This is not, uh, this isn't a United States partisan issue between Democrat and Republican. This no. is, uh, this is a global humanitarian concern that's going to have ramifications that we feel here on the other side of the globe. Yeah. And I, and I urge you to watch, to listen, to, to be informed and, and don't just go to, and, and I don't care what you watch, you know, like, if you're a diehard Fox News fan or you're a diehard CNN, like it yeah. doesn't matter. L- listen to all of them. Get the full. Try to get the full story. Try to get you know build the big picture. Check out BBC. They do a pretty good check job. Check out BBC. Check out other world news. Like, mm-hmm. look into it. Be informed. See what's going on. You know, there are other news outlets other than our own, and much but, closer. But to- st- stay involved and see. Donate if you can. You know. Um, whether that's supplies and goods to be shipped over there, whether it's money, you know, I know there's been like four hundred thousand dollars in Bitcoin that's been donated to the Ukraine military. Yep. You know, and that was and that was as of a few hours ago, so I can only imagine. Yeah, and that's just been the last couple of days. You no, know, basically since hours. The last twelve hours, right? Yeah, since <laughs> since, shit, since shit started going bad. Um, so it, it is constantly evolving. It is constantly developing. But like I said, I my original plan today was to talk about the importance of training. We did touch on that a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably still talk about that at a future date, but it seemed really appropriate to talk about this since it's going on and that, you know, hey, it it happens, right? Your country is going to need you and not always for political reasons. This isn't, you're not looking at the U.S. going to Vietnam for the reasons that we went to Vietnam. Yeah. This is your country's under attack. Mm-hmm. It's not a political issue. It's a life or death issue. Um, so it puts things in a different frame of context. Um, and I think it allows us to look at things a little differently. I would so agree. Hopefully, uh, you guys learned some things from this. Uh, if nothing else, it, hopefully it, it brought this 
this issue to your attention and you're you're going to follow it and be be more aware um we're sort we're certainly going to be following it you'll definitely be hearing more about that from us in the future episodes throughout the next couple of weeks and things um that's all that i have for you guys uh like i said i hope you learned something or at the very least this motivates you to go inform yourself on the issue until next week though we are out of here get out there work hard train smarter like we always say, be prepared.